Have you guys ever had some big event come up in your life? It's been so big that it's completely shaped everything about what you've done and the way you've acted leading up to that big event. Well, a year ago, a year ago, I was exactly three days away from getting married. And I got married right there. How crazy is that? So a year ago, right, I was getting ready to get married. And it completely, because I had this huge event coming up, it completely shaped everything I did. Okay? So I started caring about stuff that I didn't used to care about. Um, I started caring more about how I looked. Because I was about to have a wife, and I wanted to look nice for my wife. So... I, like, I went and got a haircut, so I didn't look like a shaggy dog at my wedding. And I had, my ma- I had a big beard at the time, and I had my mate trim my beard and make it all look nice, so that I wasn't just like, hey, Beck, kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started working out a little bit. I started doing push-ups, and I didn't keep that going for very long. <clears throat> uh, and I, I, This is a funny one. I started eating heaps of junk food, because, which kind of doesn't work with doing all the push-ups, does it? But... I realized that very soon I was going to be married to a a woman who likes to eat healthy. And I'd been used to living in a house with John and Dale. And so I was, I was, I enjoyed just eating pizza. So I was like, I want to get my pizza fix before I have to start shopping for a woman who wants to eat really healthy. So this big event shaped everything about what I did. Okay. Last week we saw in 2 Peter that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to renew the world. He's going to judge everyone. He's going to renew the world. He's going to destroy it and set everything right. And so today we're asking the question, what now? How should that event shape us? Sometime in the future, Jesus is going to come back. And so what now? If you've got your Bible, have a look at verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will be dis- the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? So Jesus is coming back. So what now? Seeing as though Jesus is coming back, what sort of people should we be? That's what we're going to see tonight. I'm going to pray. Why don't you guys pray with me? Father, thank you so much that Jesus is going to come back. Thank you so much that he's going to renew the world, that he's going to judge the world, and that he's going to set everything right. Um, Father, I I thank you that you've shown us this in your word, and I pray that uh, this time would be helpful for us to be well prepared. I pray for these guys here that they would not be unprepared on the day when Jesus comes back to judge everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're about to see what Peter has to say to the Christians he's writing to about what they should do, seeing as though Jesus is coming back. So if, you got, if you're a Christian here tonight, this is for you. This is what God wants you to do, seeing as though he's going to send Jesus to judge the world. And if you're not a Christian, we're going to find out what God wants from people, seeing as though he's going to send Jesus back to judge the world. So if you're not a Christian, this is for you as well. You need to hear this stuff. So let's get into it. So what does Peter say that Christians ought to do, seeing as though Jesus is coming back? He says three things. He says we ought to be workers, we ought to be waiters, 
and we ought to be wise. Workers, waiters, wise. Let's get into it. So first of all, he says we ought to be workers. We ought to work at living godly, holy lives. Have a look at verse 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. So seeing as though the world is going to end and Jesus is going to come back and judge the world, we ought to work at living holy and godly lives. See it again in verse 14. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. So we had to work at, to make every effort at, living a holy, a godly life. So what, is it, what does it mean to live a holy, godly life? Well, I'll try and summarize it for you. To live a holy and godly life would be, to, would be living a life that God wants, living the life God wants you to live, in every single way. Living how God wants you to live in every single thing. So why is this? What, what's the connection between Jesus is going to come back, He's going to judge the world, and so therefore we ought to work at living godly lives. Why do we have to work at living godly lives? Especially if, if I'm a Christian. If you're a Christian, you should be scratching your head right now because isn't the gospel that we can't live holy godly lives? And so Jesus had to come and die for us to make us look holy and godly in front of God. So why do I have to now work at living a holy and godly life? I'm going to be fine on Judgment Day, aren't I? Because Jesus died for me and he lived the perfect life on my behalf. So when I stand before God on Judgment Day, I'm going to look holy and godly, right? Well, yeah. But Jesus died for us to make us look holy, even though we're not. And so, of course, we should be working and pursuing holiness. See, we've been saved by grace to live a godly life. We've been saved by grace, not by what we've done, not because we are godly. We've been saved by grace so that we will look godly and so that we will live a life that pleases God. We've been brought back into a relationship with God. So we ought to live in the way that pleases God. So imagine this, imagine you're a Christian, right? And you rock up on judgment day and stand before God and God says, Dan, Jesus died for you. Why didn't you live a life that honors him? That'd be the worst. That would be the worst. That'd be horrible to have salvation in Jesus and yet not honor him with your life, to waste your life. So no, rather, Peter's saying we ought to work hard at living Godly lives, lives that please Him. See it again in verse 14. Halfway through, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless. So we ought to work hard at living godly lives. But before I go any further, I just need to clarify. I need to tell you guys what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the way we get right with God is by living a holy and godly life. Because if we could get right with God ourselves just by being morally upright, good dudes, good Aussie blokes, if we could get right with God by doing that, then Jesus died for absolutely nothing. See, Jesus died because we're ungodly, because we're unholy. So I'm not saying that we're saved by works. We're not saved by what we do. We're saved by grace, by the sheer love of God to send His Son to die on your place, in your place. 
So I'm not saying we're saved by works. What I am saying is that seeing as though Jesus died for you to make you look holy, we ought to work hard at living a holy, godly life. And so for us, the question we've got to be asking is, what sin is still in your life that you need to be working at? Uh, What sin do you personally need to be fighting? Is it pride? Self-centeredness? Perving on chicks? My guess is that for a large majority of you, you won't be laughing in a few years. My guess is that for a large majority of you guys, one one of the sins that you guys need to be fighting is fear of man. And what that means is you fear what man thinks of you more than you fear what God thinks of you. And so you spend heaps of time worrying about, am I looking cool? Will these kids at school think I'm cool? As opposed to spending that energy worrying about, am I living a life that pleases God? How, how can I be loving to the people around me? Instead of thinking about that stuff, you're thinking about, man, do I look cool? Am I wearing the right shirt to youth group on a Friday night? How are you guys going at loving the people around you, the, the people at youth group? How do you guys go at... Loving the, the guy who comes along and who doesn't have heaps of friends and is not feeling heaps welcomed at youth group, how are you going at that stuff? That's the sort of stuff that we've been saved to do, to live a life that pleases God. So be working at it. Jesus is coming back, be working at your godliness. The second point, we ought to be waiters. Seeing as though Jesus is coming back to judge the world, we ought to be waiters. And so... I'll clarify, I'm not talking about you ought to get an apron on and you know, bring food to people. So if, if you come up to me at the end of the night and you're like, Dan, I just became a Christian tonight. I'm not going to say, dude, that's sick. Let's get your apron. We'll go to Hog's Breath, see if we can get you a job. That's not what Peter's saying. He's saying that seeing as though Jesus is coming back, we ought to wait for that day. Let's have a look. I'll take you through a bunch of verses. Start in verse 11, halfway through. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Go to verse 13. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. And then 14. Oh, I said 14. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless. So we are to long for, to eagerly wait for that great day when Jesus is going to come back. Verse 12, have a look at verse 12. It says we are to speed its coming. We are to desire hardcore that that day would come quickly. So we should be waiting for this day the same kind of way you would in the last week of school. So in a couple of weeks' time, it's, it's the Monday morning, it's the last week of school, and all you're looking forward to is Friday afternoon because then you've got six weeks off from school. We should be waiting for that day, that great day when Jesus comes back, the same way you do that. But I reckon this is, when you think about it, this is kind of funny. Why should we be longing for the day when Jesus comes back and is going to destroy the world and it's going to be the destruction of ungodly men? Why should we be looking forward to that? Well, verse 13 will tell us. We should eagerly be waiting for that day because, have a look at verse 13, when Jesus comes back, he's going to establish a new heaven and a new earth the home of righteousness. So we heard about this last week. When Jesus comes back and when he renews the world, 
There's going to be no more pain, no more sickness, no more crying, no more sin. It's going to be the best. It's going to be the home of righteousness. And the best thing about it, and the reason why it's so good, is because we'll be with God face to face. So, eagerly wait for that day. A Christian who doesn't eagerly wait for that day is kind of like this. Imagine a man, an innocent guy, and he gets convicted of a crime that he didn't commit. He's innocent. And he gets sentenced to 25 years in jail. And he's already spent 20 years of his life in prison. All right? And new evidence comes that, without a doubt, will prove his innocence. And next Friday is the retrial. So he's been in prison for 20 years, innocent. Next Friday is the retrial, and he knows he's going to get out. And on the Monday morning, he doesn't even look forward to Friday. He doesn't even care. That's stupid. That's crazy. A Christian who's not looking forward to the day when Jesus comes back and makes everything perfect is like that guy. Crazy. So guys, look forward to the day when Jesus makes everything perfect and we'll be with God face to face. And when living a godly life is hard, when working at godliness is difficult, and when you're going through hard times and when you're suffering, look forward to that day. Because that's what will help you work at your godliness. That's what will help you persevere in the Christian faith. Knowing that you'll be with Jesus face to face and everything will be perfect. So, we ought to be workers, working at our godly lives, living godly lives. And we ought to be waiters, waiting for the day when Jesus comes back. And finally, the last thing, we ought to be wise. So, since Jesus is coming back, we need to be wise. We've already heard from earlier on in this letter um, that before Jesus comes back, there are going to be false teachers who are going to teach us wrong stuff about God. And more specifically, they're going to teach us, they're going to deny that Jesus is going to come back and judge the world. And so right here, at the end of Peter's letter, he reminds the Christians to be wise and to grow in knowledge. He says, check out verse 17. He says, be on your guard so that you're not carried away by the error of lawless men. And in verse 18, he says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Basically, he wants these guys to be wise. And so we need to be wise to the fact that there will be false teachers around and there will be guys everywhere who'll deny that Jesus is going to come back, who'll deny Judgment Day. And so we need to be wise to that so that we don't fall away from the truth and so we know what's true. See there in verse 17. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall away, fall from your secure position. So we need to be on guard so that we don't fall away from our secure position. Peter is urging them to be wise because if you've got guys teaching you the wrong stuff and you're not wise then you might miss out when Jesus takes everyone and makes it perfect. You might miss out from being with Jesus for eternity if we get led astray by dudes teaching the wrong stuff. So guys, be hungry to know God better. Be hungry to know the truth. And let, let me try and give you a couple of ways how you can be working at growing in wisdom. How are you going at reading your Bibles? If the only sure way of knowing the truth is by hearing what God has to say, because God's the creator, 
He made it. He knows what's going on. If the only sure way of knowing the absolute truth is hearing what God has to say on something, then the only way we're going to do that is by hearing him speak to us. And he speaks to us in the Bible. So guys, for the sake of your souls, make time to be reading your Bibles every day. And you know, in verse 15 and 16, Peter speaks about the Apostle Paul's writing. uh, And he warns that ignorant and unstable men are going to twist his words. And so it could be really easy for us to be led astray from the truth if we aren't wise to the truth. And so we need to be working at reading our Bibles so that we do know what's true and we don't fall away. So guys, be reading, be praying, be asking God to help you to know the truth, to become wise. And here's a couple of other ways. Make youth group a priority where you sit under the Bible each week, where you gather with other Christians and can encourage each other in the truth. Get along to 24-7 where you sit there together, discuss the Bible, wrestle, wrestle with the text. Be working at being wise. So guys, let me finish. To the Christians among us, if it's true that Jesus is coming back to judge the world and renew the world, and we've seen that it is true, and Peter was an eyewitness to the stuff that Jesus did, and the scriptures bear witness to the truth, then we need to be workers, we need to be waiters, and we need to be wise. We need to be working at our godliness. We need to be waiting for the day when Jesus will come back and set everything right. And we need to be wise to the truth. So I've come up with a, hopefully an easy way to help you remember this. www.what do we do seeing as though Jesus is going to come back and he's going to renew the world and judge everyone? We need to be working at godliness, waiting for that great day, and we need to be wise to the truth. And if all that stuff sounds like super hard work and you're going, oh man, Christianity just got heaped hard. Well, I want you to think about this. When you get interested in surfing and you go, man, I want to be like Kelly Slater. I want to be as good as Kelly Slater. Do you reckon it takes hard work to become a good surfer like Kelly Slater? What do you reckon? Easy. I reckon it takes a lot of hard work. What about when you get inter- start getting interested in guitar and you want to be able to shred as hard as Metallica? Nick, do you reckon that takes hard work? I reckon it takes hard work. So if you want to be good at anything, if you want to do anything well, it's going to take hard work. So guys, do you want to be a godly man? Do you want to live a life that honors God? Then work at it. You're not going to become wise by doing nothing. It's not like in five years' time, I'll just wake up and I'll be heaps wise and I'll have a really long beard and people come and ask me from all over the lands. People come all over the place to see me and ask me for wisdom. It won't just happen like that. You've got to work at it. So if you want to be a godly guy, work at it. And remember that God is the one who's working in you. When you trust in Jesus, God comes to live in you by His Spirit and He promises to work in us and help us to live the life that honors Him. Work at it. And to those guys here who currently aren't trusting in Jesus, um, please hear the warning that Jesus is coming back and he will judge. And so where you stand before God on that great day, that is the most important thing that you can possibly sort out in this life. That is the one thing you need to make sure you do well and figure out before you die. 
doesn't matter about what car you drive, doesn't matter about, about what job you do or how hot your wife is. What matters is where you're going to stand before God on that great day. So guys, if you're not trusting in Jesus, hear that warning and turn and repent now. Verse 15 says, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. So the whole reason why God hasn't sent Jesus to judge the world now is so that you can turn to him. So that on that great day, you will be with God and you won't be shut out as his enemy. He'll, he'll welcome you in with open arms. So guys, turn to Jesus while you still can. And then become a worker become a waiter and become wise and look forward to the day when we're with Jesus face to face. It's going to be the best. I'm going to pray. Why don't you guys pray with me? Father, thank you so much that you are sending Jesus and that he will set everything right. Thank you so much that we're going to be with you face to face uh, and it's going to be perfect. Uh, thanks so much for that promise of heaven. And thank you so much, Father, for the gospel and for Jesus' death on our behalf and perfect life lived on our behalf. Thank you that the way we get right with you is not up to us working hard, but because of what Jesus has done. And I pray because of what Jesus has done for us, Lord, we would desire more than anything to live lives that honor you. And so please help me, please help these guys, please help the leaders to be working in our godliness and longing for that great day. And please help us to be wise, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.